1: All right, Stephen Kwan, so were you guys gunning for the Sox? I mean, you're gunning for every team in the division, but was it something more special when you could beat a team like the Sox, a team that was expected to win the division?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I think especially because we had a lot of media around us that always shoved in our face that the Sox were the ones that were going to get us, uh, that was going to get everybody. So I definitely think uh, it was it was interesting and cool to play against a team that talented.
2: Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians there on the Sox Talk podcast That's some very dry shade being thrown there oh oh, yeah
3: yeah player really good player really good
2: player you know his teammate was in college his roommate was in college nick madrigal roommates so much contact in that uh, dorm room one of them them can play (laughs) Uh, but nicky's playing third base that little popcorn arm is just not going to work. If,
3: if what they're saying about David Bodie is is true, then Bodie's that guy and not Madrigal.
2: Yeah, Bodie's having a, a very very good spring
3: as a non roster invitee. Mm-hmm. So Madrigal's rostered. I don't. I, so I would think there's only one spot there.
2: I would I would think that 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 Nick Madrigal and Leori Garcia both have a very hard time of making their teams. Fine. This particular spring. Fine. I would love.
3: I would to say to Rory, thank you for a decade of service.
2: Yep. Being a good soldier and a good dude and doing anything that is asked of you, but Tony's no longer here, so neither are you. So um Chuck Garfine talked to a few different members of the Cleveland Guardians, and he talked to Brian Shaw, who used to be a member of the Cleveland Guardians. Um, and now Brian Shaw is trying to make the White Sox, but the conversation around the White Sox is of course so much about the manager. And you and I have talked about managers together and apart for decades. And we just watched this, this colossal abuse of power by Jerry Reinsdorf to give his organization in the middle of its winning window to an energy vampire that brought virtually nothing to the table, um, other than his Hall of Fame ring that he wore on his hand. So now that's changed, and you'll hear a very important player from Pedro Grifols' past talk about him right now. But the guy, or in a moment, but the guy who's been my favorite manager for a long time... Continues to be my favorite manager, and that's Terry Francona of Cleveland. I just think he's the best. I think he thinks about all the numbers, and he knows it all, and he's open to absolutely everything in that regard. He still has a gut. It's kind of a prodigious one that he trusts and utilizes. He gets along with people. He works to get along with people. He works on the chemistry, works on the room and is just a, a terrific and insightful leader. And Brian Shaw, the pitcher now in White Sox camp, says Terry's a huge reason why he kept going back to Cleveland.
1: All right, Brian Shaw, what is it about the Guardians and how they played last season? It seemed like from spring training on, they just knew what they wanted to do, and you guys went out and did it.
4: Um, I think a lot of it was the, the amount of young guys that we had. Um, they you know, had that hunger. They had that drive. Um, And they never backed down, basically. I mean, you know, we had, I think, I want to say like 17 guys made their debut last year for us. Um, You know, and I think it it started obviously with Tito and the coaching staff instilling on the young guys, like, you know, make an impact, do what you can, work hard every day, do what you got to do, you know, to get here and to be here and to stay here.
1: It's about playing as a team, right? Why were they so good at playing as a team together?
4: Honestly, I think it starts with Tito. You know, I think a lot of the guys, you know, Tito trusts, has faith, you know, does everything he does, you know, knowing the group of guys that he has. And we as players, you know, when you have a manager like that, that is so... You know, player driven and wants the best for each guy, and wants, you know, all of these things, it makes it easier to play as a team and play together to want to win for him and for the organization when the organization is that, you know, close knit, you know, that, that, you know, that group of, you know, Antonetti, Turnoff, you know, up the top, the Dolans, you know, everybody is, you know, family oriented, everyone is, you know, community, everybody is all about the team, all about everything. And so I think that the, you know, starting from the very top you know it trickles its way down to the players you know and I think that's just the way that organization is kind of run and the way the organization is you know kind of talked about to the players and the players want to you know be a part of that and do what they can to help that.
1: So this new coaching staff's trying to build some of that here are you kind of feeling that unity here? Uh, you know, you've only been here for, whatever, a few weeks.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I haven't met all the coaches, uh, you know, fully yet. Or, you know, obviously we've talked a little bit here and there, but I haven't really got to know too many of them. But it seems like at least the clubhouse from the player standpoint, you know, they're they're a good good group so far. Um, everybody's, you know, pulling for everybody everybody wants. Everybody to succeed, obviously. And, you know, it, it's been fun in there so far with all of them, um, you know, being around those guys. And it seems like they're all, you know, pulling for the same thing, you know, trying to have that same drive, same mission um, going forward. So it, it should be interesting to see if we can keep that up. Um, but it's like I said, so far, it seems pretty good.
2: Do you think, Bernsey, that there is uh, an understanding in our town among our baseball fans of the importance of uh, of creating what Francona has created and continues to maintain there? Do people understand what that is? Well, I, I think we refer to it as tone setting. Atmosphere providing.
3: Yes, I, I do think people I, I don't know that everybody could articulate exactly what the concept of it is, but I do think there's an understanding of it. I really do. I I think people sort of grok it whether or not they could they could list <laughs> yeah. this moment or that moment or this drill or or when you're posting things or when you're what you're exactly asking. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's unquestionable that there's an innate awareness of the significance of Of a big league manager, whether or not we try to boil it down to three games here or four games here or how many late and close decisions get made and how
2: I I, there was such pushback on it sometimes in talking about Tony and there has been such pushback on it at different times. Well, look, it's on the players. Yeah, and, and it is on the players. But like Joe Kelly's quote in the Nightingale piece the other day about Tony, like every, it was so easy for everybody to blame Tony. Like we just weren't holding each other accountable. And I and I wanted to scream at him, that's the manager's oh, job listen, to make you hold each other you, accountable. You have
3: to read the piece that Jim Margulis wrote for Sox Machine where it's brilliant. First of all, he coined a term, and I'm just beating myself up for, for not being the person who thought of this. Night washing. Anytime Bob Nightingale swoops <laughs> in to put Jerry Reinsdorf's spin on something, yes. he, wrote, he coined the term night washing. And then he he said it when you read that piece the first time, yeah. it comes off as not Tony's fault, not Tony's fault, not Tony's fault. But he said if you really pay attention to what people are saying, uh-huh. it makes the case you're describing 100%. for an absolute abdication of managerial responsibility. Or, or attention there
2: was no one there None. paying there attention there was no
3: one there correct and, and and that it's like we talk about sometimes when we criticize the bulls and we say you know where we we're, we're, we're billy donovan's like well you know we devolved into one-on-one stuff again and who's that on right billy? like come on billy call time out tell him to stop yeah it's yeah, your yeah. job and, and in the same case and the, and and what margulis wrote was the quotes paint and paint a picture of an absence of managerial power responsibility right. intention presence gravity and and not to mention with all the nice things that
2: are being said about Pedro Grafol mm-hmm. it's like yeah. yeah 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 and it's just a freaking baseline it's the baseline of what you do and then you see if your players are any good you know? But, like, it's the baseline. It's how you do this. It's so obvious. Um, here's Terry Francona from inside the clubhouse last year, I think, right? Or maybe a couple
4: years ago. No, yeah, it was right after he won Manager of the Year, this this past off. Season.
2: Oh, it was this past off season after he won Manager of the Year. Talking about his philosophy, how he does things.
5: Yeah, you know, Bruce, what's, what's kind of cool about our game is there's a lot of different ways to do things, and everybody has their own way of what they think is right. Um, but I think And, you know, not every player has gone to an Ivy League school. But saying that, if you're not true to yourself, they can see right through it in a a second. So we just try to be really honest with the players. We try to ask them things that, although might be a big ask, it's not unfair. Like, you know, again, they're young. Okay, we'll be young. Enjoy being young. But – these are the things in the game that we care about and we need to do. And and we try to remind them without beating them over the head. But, again, I come back to how special that group was. When you told those guys something once, man, it got done. And, and that's rewarding. And that feels good because guys are going to make mistakes. But when they don't make them again, well, uh-huh. that makes you feel good. And, Bruce, you've been around me long enough to know I don't want our guys going from Point A to point B because I put a sign on. I want them to feel the freedom to play the game aggressively, you know, while being intelligent and, and not have to put on a lot of signs because that's how I think teams play the best. And our guys did a great job of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's awesome.
3: You no, know that sounds like the way Steve Kerr set up their offensive system hmm. Hmm. where you don't see him standing up and calling a play. You don't see him waving his arms and pointing. He mostly sits hmm. because he built a system where there are certain expectations in situations to read and react and to know who your teammates are and know the, the personnel defensively, read the scouting report, yeah. know what we're doing, and he trusts them
2: to do it. So and it, he had a pretty special group of people to do that with. Right, but, but it's so interesting because it's allowing freedom. It's allowing freedom and autonomy and independence while also expecting accountability. And right?
3: it's, it's hard to get there. It's hard to build because either you don't have the guys, either you don't have the talent to, to, or, or the instincts to understand but some of this you stuff. you also
2: got to communicate a ton on the front end to get there. You have to build a culture like that. And expecting a guy with as little energy as Tony had, and then and clearly had, to build any sort of culture. When they said in that
3: he needed daily naps, yeah. and they could barely hear his voice,
2: yeah, like it's insane. It, it is it's, insane
3: it's, to allow leadership like that. preposterous. And yeah. it was. And we, we said it the moment we thought it might actually be happening. We all called it. We all said it. Mm-hmm. And it was. It ended up being worse even than we thought.
2: Yeah. You know, one guy that I've thought a lot about whenever I think about Pedro Graffol is Salvador Perez, the great catcher from Kansas City and in a really important relationship for Graffol. And Ned Yost was the one who had told us, told me and Danny about... Um, how sometimes they would go days without talking to each other. And, and it was like, what, huh? And we followed up on that a little. And then Shane followed up in a great bourbon and a buddy with Pedro Grafaule, Um and followed up with him. And he talked about how, you know, that Grafaule as as a parent in that situation would let Salvador Perez be angry and wrong. And he was angry, but Grafaule thought he was wrong. He's like, okay. See, oh, so you can be angry and they wouldn't talk for days, sometimes a week, sometimes more. And then Graffol would know it was over when Salvi came up to him, gave him a hug or a kiss and said, "Okay, all right, I get it." So he he had the patience to let him stay angry and not communicate and still win the battle.
3: Well, because what like you say from a from a parental standpoint, the best lessons that are taught are ones where the the pupil learns on their own and can, can figure it out on yep. their own and you don't ha- it's not didactic. Yep. You don't have to say this is how it's done and this is what we do where you just put you make sure the environment is such that the person is able to learn it themselves.
2: Yes and, and if they need to hate you while they're doing that so, so be, it. be it so be it. You'll, so be you'll, it. You'll, you'll
3: figure it out. Yeah
2: you'll figure it out and you'll have time and they'll recover and I think about that as a parent um, but Salvi loves nobody in baseball like he loves Pedro Grafal. And Salvador Perez was on Sox Talk and talked about the new White Sox manager.
1: He's going to be one of the best managers Go in the game. You think he'll be one of the best managers in the game. Why do you say that? I mean, you just kind of explain it, but there's a difference between a good manager and one of the best managers in the game. The relationship he's going to have with the player, I think it's going to be amazing. And that's the key. When people care about you as a, as a manager, that guy give everything for me, so let me give you everything I have for him. You know, they're going to play hard for him. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to they're gonna understand The okay, he's he protecting me. He cared about me. He asked me about my family and all that. Let me give me. I think the, the way that I'm going to pay him is give everything I have on the field. You know? And, and I think that's a big key as a manager. And he has that. It sounds like communication, Sorry leadership, that. culture. I think the yeah, culture has got to be, but I think the communication is the key. That's why I think as a personal, uh, I think it's communication. And he, he likes to talk. He likes to listen to the other person. And, that, and not too many managers do that, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I love that. Really likes to talk and listen. And it's funny. Shane, even just uh, uh, the conversation with you. He's listening to you and completely tuned in and actually paying attention and giving a crap about the conversation.
3: He's an incredible communicator. Yeah, I mean, he and I had talked one time for like four minutes during his introductory press conference, like right after it. And it felt like I was talking to an old friend. Right? He's an incredible communicator. Engaged.
2: Engaged. Engaged is the right word
3: for it. It's, Eng- it's so rare that you talk to someone and when you're talking, they're making eye contact with you and like returning the 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 sentiment right and he's that kind of person i could i I could see why people like him so much being present in a moment is one of the biggest challenges anybody has all the time now
2: it's true um and it's also the baseline for true management and leadership of people it really is like you want to get any respect you want to have them do anything and give a crap They have to feel like you're actually paying attention and not perhaps napping. Uh, 670 The Score is where you are. If you want to uh, throw a question in for one last thing, you can do it right now. Got a couple of minutes with Dan Bernstein and your questions when we come back on 670 The Score.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?